Hey, I'm Erica Jarvis. And I'm Amy Randolph. And you're listening to Podcast Rewind. The podcast about all of the podcasts that we just can't stop listening to. Exactly. When you're done with the show, come join us on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PodcastRWD or be our friend on Facebook. Search Podcast Rewind. And don't forget, you guys are the most important to us. So come and rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, now on Spotify, or wherever you're listening to your podcast. Exactly. All right, let's get on with the show. Everybody, welcome back to Podcaster Rewind. I'm one of your hosts, Erica Jarvis. Across from me is my best friend and other host. That's me, Amy Randolph. This is episode 40. Yes. And it's our back to school episode, Basically. if you will, yeah. because we took a little bit of a summer break. Mm-hmm. Everyone deserves a vacation. Yeah. Right? I took a little staycation. It was yes. good times. Yeah, we jetted over to Tampa, which we is a mild vacation. We sure and did. checked out the Taylor Swift concert. So much fun. Got super rejuvenated. Listened yeah. to hundreds of podcasts. I, you know, I had to edit down material for yeah. the show today. Like, I listened to so many podcasts. And I was just because, you know, I was relaxed and I was freewheeling. I didn't mm-hmm. write them all down. So I had to kind of sit and remember some stuff that I went over today or that I listened to. Yeah, but it was kind of fun. We talked about, like, how we got to yeah. go back to some of our favorites that we don't always get to listen to because we're trying to think of new shows. Kind of show to this do. show. Right. Yeah, we have homework to do. So it was nice to just, like lean into some old favorites, old standbys. It's true. But look, we really missed podcasting. We missed our rewinders. We've been super quiet on social media. Mm-hmm. But look, we are back, bitches. We're coming strong. Let's get ready to go for it. Yeah. Episode 40. Yeah, I'm really excited. So, Amy, let's cheers. Let's cheers. Clink. What are you drinking? I'm having a Kona Brewing beer, like a longboard or something like that. Nice. It was a oh, big wave, excuse me. It was on sale for like $7.99 for a six pack. Oh, you got to take it. And I was it. like, oh, that's the show beer. I figured it out. <laughs> there you go, because it's was on easy. sale. Yeah, what are you drinking while we chit chat podcasts? A beer that never goes on sale <laughs> because it's always so cheap. I'm having a Coors Light. Yes, party with those Rockies. Uh, yep, yeah, I'm feeling like a mountaineer. Yeah. Oh, no, those are West Virginians. I'm feeling yes. like a high person. Rockies? I'm like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Feel my high. Yeah, my life. Anyway, um, what are you obsessed with, Erica? Okay, so um, if it's been a minute, if somebody doesn't know, on our show we always talk about things that were kind of like rattling around in our heads for a while. Yes. And I thought I was going to talk about the Taylor Swift concert in Tampa. Right. Until today. Ooh. I learned a fact, Mm -hmm. and it has shook me to my core. You are shooketh? I am shooketh, if you will. Um, You know the phrase... When it rains, it pours, and the irony is that there's a massive thunderstorm outside of our apartment right now. (laughs) Yes. So we tend to think that it means, like, when one thing goes bad, now it's like a whole slew of bad things. That's exactly what I thought it meant. Correct-ish. Okay. So I heard today that that phrase is a slogan from an advertising company for Morton Salt. You know, like the... Circle salt shaker that's got the little metal tab and the girl with the rain. Yeah. The rain gear and you pour the salt out. Well, back in the 1910s or something when the salt was, you know, out, they were in a hard time that when there was a lot of humidity in the air, Uh the salt was clumpy and it wouldn't pour out. 
So they cracked the coat of salt uh-huh. and figured out how that when it was raining and humid out, that the salt would pour. <gasps> so their slogan was, when it rains, it, it pours. pours. As in the salt. Yes. So we... <laughs> right? Wow. It, and then people just took it on but to it, mean something different. It's so good at meaning the other thing. Correct. Right? I'm not saying that that's not right. Right, right. right. It's not wrong, but that's not where it came from. It never came from anything in regards to things happening in your life. That's so funny because then, res- then restaurants figured out just to put a little rice in the salt shaker uh-huh. and it soaks up those clumps. Yeah, exactly. So they should have said, when it rains, use rice. Well, and then- I don't think that the salt company wanted you to go buy another product because they're sucked. <laughs> so they had to crack the salt coat, if you will. But yeah, so when it rains, it pours. I love learning that right. a thing I thought I knew my whole life Wrong. I'm wrong about it. <laughs> and I don't like to be wrong. It keeps me fresh. But if I got a new fact to come up behind it, I'm very excited. All right. Well, yeah. that's an obsession. <laughs> um, can I go? Yes, please. I am obsessed. As I lean away from the microphone. I am. I have discovered a thing while we were on podcast vacation. I am obsessed with a new reality TV show. I've been sleeping on it. My bad, y'all. <laughs> My bad that I have not been talking to you on this microphone about 90 day fiance should oh. we pause for everyone to be like oh my god yes it is the greatest show Amy where have you been or for them to turn off this show because yeah, they're I, like or, oh, please no <laughs> okay listen 90 day fiance is the greatest fucking reality show I have binged an entire I binged all of season five good news I still have seasons one through four to <laughs> get to and here's the other good news. Not only is 90 Day Fiance amazing, but it has two spinoff shows. So I'm watching this season two, which is just airing now, of 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. I'm also binging 90 Day Fiance. I finished that, so now I get to watch the other spinoff, 90 Day Fiance, happily ever after, question mark? Well, for those who don't know about right. the show. So I will explain. So I, everyone is probably, if you know anything about the TLC television station, or the know, learning channel, the learning channel, not so much anymore. Talk about <laughs> things, like, things. Talk about things that got away from their original, original. Yeah. yeah, like music television. Um, okay, so the premise of Ninety Day Fiance is that people who find love overseas, a lot of times they meet online, um, but however they meet, a lot of these couples have met different ways. But if you want to bring a foreigner to America to have them marry you and live here in America and get their green card. There's a visa process called the K-1 visa, and if you get your partner from overseas a K-1 visa and they show up in America and they have intention to marry you, part of the stipulation of that visa is that you have to be wed within 90 days or Mm -hmm. else they lose the visa, it goes away, and they have to go home. So these people who either have never met their fiancés or only visited them in their foreign countries for maybe a few weeks, maybe a few months at a time are now bringing their fiancé over, they've got their K-1 visa, and they're living together for the very first time, and they also have to wed within 90 days. So that gets a little stressful, and some shit goes down, and oh my god. And so then before the 90 days show are people who aren't engaged yet, but are in these relationships, and they're working towards their proposal. So, I mean, it's just, it's so dramatic. Some people are being catfished. Definitely some people are here for love. Some people are definitely here for green cards, and... Look, I love a dumpster fire. Yeah, I do so too. this show is so fucking for me. Uh-huh. 
Okay, and real quick, before we officially enter the pop-up section of this show, I want to call out one podcast super fast. And it's a podcast I've been meaning to bring up in a pop-up, and I just haven't worked it in yet. But there's a podcast called Reality Life, and it's hosted by Kate Casey. She's really funny. She's got great guests on all the time. She gets a lot of reality show guests. I downloaded a bunch of her episodes. I've got a Tinsley Mortimer one I want to listen to, a uh, Kristen Dowdy one I want to listen to. But when the new season that I told you about of Before the 90 Days just premiered, she got our boy Ronnie Karam from the Watch What Crappens and Rose Pricks podcast. He had never seen any of the show before, and she made him watch Before the the 90 Days, the premiere episode, and recap it with her on Reality Life, and it is stunning. So look that up, you guys. If you're watching the show, if you're not, get on board and then go listen to Reality Life. (laughs) Okay. I just want somebody to have... The same level of excitement that you have in regards to this TV show. And if you two run off into the sunset and become best friends, I'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> I also am kind of wondering if it's a good idea to start hopping online to <laughs> international dating sites to see if I find the love of my life. I told you, you can go unmarried at first sight, and that is it. I really, we're not supposed to tell my mom that until I'm like signed up. Oh, until she gets the invite to the wedding. <laughs> exactly. We joke that if you went on that show, we would hawk everything we have. Like, hey, Amy. <laughs> Um, are you ready to podcast for, look at the camera, podcast, podcast rewind? rewind. <laughs> totally. Totally. Like you, yeah, you can tell yourself for our show. <sighs> okay, <laughs> like I have been bursting to tell you guys how excited I am about 90 Day Fiance. I'm just glad that I have somebody else that can listen to this with me because you have not been able to shut the fuck up about this show. I know, like when we hang out in the evenings and talk, I'm like, okay, so but I have to fill you in on what's going on with Molly and Louise. <laughs> I'm like... Who are they again? <laughs> I don't mind telling you over and over and over about these couples. <sighs> okay, I'm so glad. I feel got like it so out. cleansed that I got it out. Okay, everybody, go watch. Erica, let's go for it. Let's get their pop-ups. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Tell me what you heard this week or these so, last few weeks. Yeah, so um, speaking of television, mm-hmm. one of my favorite TV shows is The Good Place with Kristen Bell and Ted Danson on NBC. All in regards to, like, heaven and hell and this whole concept of um, good and bad, basically. A scripted television show? A scripted television show. And they have put out their own podcast called The Good Place, The Podcast, hosted by Mark Evan Jackson, who, if you watch the show, he plays Sean, who is basically Ted Danson's boss in The Bad Place. Like, he's a bad demon. Okay. And his voice is amazing. He's done, like, Verizon commercials. Like, if you saw him and heard his voice, you'd be like... Oh, I know exactly who that is gotcha. without ever watching the show. So um, every week they just have actors, writers, and more come on and break down one single episode of the show. And I listened to one with the creator, Mike Shore. And if you don't know who that is, if you slapped on an Amish outfit and a beard, <laughs> he may look really familiar as Moe's from The Office. Oh, fantastic character work. <laughs> fantastic character Aye. work. He went on to write with um, Parks and Rec. Never mm-hmm. watched that show. Fun fact, don't like Amy Poehler. Mm -hmm. So um, pretty easy to not watch that show. But anyway, um, his episode with Mike Schur was really great. Another one I just listened to was with a writer, Megan Amram, and one of the girls on the show, Jamila Ajamil. Good job with that. Thank you. Um, It's just really funny. And then because it's owned by NBC, they can pull in clips of the show and then really talk about a scene. And you can hear it as opposed to just 
thinking about it. Yeah. Like, do you remember this scene, you guys? Uh-huh. Like, it was set up like this, and then this yeah. happened. And so it's if nice you're a big it. fan of The Good Place, I highly suggest checking out this podcast because season two finished a couple months ago, and I think season three starts up this fall. So you can do a nice binge of the TV show, go back, listen to the podcast, and prep for season three. Okay. It is forking awesome. <laughs> Because I can't swear on The Good Place. So they're always like, holy mother, shirt balls. Which is really funny. So It's clever. a very charming. Yeah, it's super um, clever. Yeah, thing that they use. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I'm going to stick with TV and uh, not scripted television. Uh-huh. I listen to a podcast that's been on my list for a little bit, um, hosted by two people I know but not well. So, the show is called Your Favorite Thing, uh-huh. and the hosts are Wells Adams and Brandy Cyrus. Oh, I've heard about this podcast, but never listened. Right. So, Cyrus, that name, last name rings a bell, right? Yeah. Brandy Cyrus is younger sister to Miley Cyrus, who you may have heard of. Older sister. Older sister? Uh-huh. My bad. <laughs> and Wells Adams is a cast member from Bachelor Nation. Yep. Now, currently, and this would probably be my obsession if 90 Day Fiancé had it stormed on into my <laughs> life, but Bachelor in Paradise is back yes, on television, and you guys know I love all things Bachelor Nation, and Bit is really my favorite it of is. the three. And Wells is the bartender on uh-huh. the show. He has been a contestant as on The Bachelorette before, but he's just funny and cool. Yeah, he's and cool. He doesn't need to date because he has a celebrity girlfriend. Yeah, he does. So he doesn't need these yahoos <laughs> on the, in the Mexican But he'll take uh, the resort. from ABC. Right. He'll appear on television and take the money. Um, so Wells Adams is dating Sarah Hyland. Sarah Hyland plays, um, oh shit, what's her character's name? Haley on Modern Family. Yep. Which is a TV show that I have liked Modern Family since it premiered. And she said on the podcast she's going back to start filming season 10. Mm-hmm. Can you believe it's been 10 mm-hmm. years already of Modern Family? Yeah. Anyway, so Wells and Sarah are dating in real life. And she was their guest on this Fun. week's episode of Your Favorite Thing. So I will say the premise is exactly what it sounds. They come on and they kind of say, like, what's your favorite thing this week? What's oh, your-? cool. It's a positive I feel like and vibe. Um, and they told a lot of cool stories. So, like, Brandy's favorite thing this week was she and Miley tried cryotherapy. I want to do that so bad. Right. So, I didn't realize how fucking cold those chambers were. Yeah. And you, so you go into this chamber for 30 minutes. It is negative 194 degrees 30 Fahrenheit. minutes? I thought it was 30 seconds. Three. three. One, two, three minutes. Got it. Yeah, I think that's the most. And she and Miley went and tried it together for the first time. And she said Miley's so She's been back, like, every day she since. She's super and she's got to cool it. Yeah. Um, Wells was pretty much his favorite thing was his girlfriend who was on the show with them. They just got back from Mexico because the filming of Bachelor in Paradise is over, but Sarah got to go with him. So she was just hanging out in probably a nicer air conditioned resort. Yes. Where, because he's not a true cast member, he got to leave at the end of the day and go sleep somewhere better. With Chris Harrison in his fancy robes drinking mimosas all day. Exactly. Fuck you, Chris Harrison. (laughs) Um, and so they were telling really funny stories about like, he just took a carry on because he wears like the bartender. Uh-huh. when he's there and they said that her bag was heavier than she was and they had to pay tons of overage fees and she had these really cute skinny mini yeah so like when he was done filling every day they would go out in Mexico and she was like I had to bring all my bikinis I had to bring all of my uh, sunglasses she was like I'm obsessed with sunnies and <laughs> she goes look I had to bring all these clothes because I wanted to look sexy for my man Aww. and he's like you do look sexy all the time baby and you looked great in Mexico the whole time <laughs> a little pukey yep. like you can let yeah, they're a pukey couple. 
Um, she told a great story about how she got started in acting. So um, her father is actually an actor. Oh. So she grew up in New York City. Her father is a stage actor, currently in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child so. on Broadway. So, yeah, she and Wells just saw that recently. I don't know who he plays, mm-hmm. but um, she said, you know, when she was young, she never really knew that kids could act. She grew up in the industry, but yeah. didn't realize that other kids could do it. And she kind of expressed some interest because she fell in love with, fuck, I forgot the show she said she fell in love with. But anyway, she Barney. is, uh, no, I mean, no. <laughs> Um, like Pippi Longstocking or something. But she said um, her first role ever was Howard Stern's daughter in um, Private Parts. I love that movie. I snuck yeah. into that movie in high school. She was like, of course they cast me. I have dark curly hair yes. and big green eyes. The made perfect sense. Yes. And they're like, oh, what an experience. She's like, all I said was daddy, daddy. In yeah, that exactly. Scene. But um, she was kind of hooked after that. She's been on the stage. She talked a lot about how musical theater is really her favorite form of performing. And she went to an art school, of course. And, um, you know, she talked a lot about how much she loves to sing and Uh express her body through dance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I didn't know she had those talents. So I learned a lot about her. And um, overall, Your Favorite Thing is a really cool, just kind of throwaway, easy listen podcast. Okay, I'm really excited because I kind of thought to myself, I'm not going to listen to it. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad to hear that because I listened to Brandy on... Mouthing off with Olivia mm-hmm. a lot because they are best friends. Right. That's right. Yeah. So I've heard her a bunch, but I was not sure. But okay, that sounds really cool because I like that. I like a good feel-good podcast every now and then. Yeah, totally. Um, You'd like it. Yeah. I have a new podcast. Okay. And when I say new, I just listened to their very first episode that launched maybe the other day. Okay, cool. Or today. It's Tuesday. It's Podcast Tuesday. Sure is. It's called The First Degree. Okay. And it is hosted by three people who you may know. Jack Vanek, who's one-third of the Lady Gang. Sure. Alex Linkletter, she is a true crime TV producer. And Billy Jensen, who is a journalist who, like a true crime journalist, who actually helped finish I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the <gasps> Michelle McNamara book. Oh, yes. Yes, uh-huh. yes, yes. I've heard him on My Favorite Murder. Yeah. So the whole show concept is crimes, murders, and serial killers, but yeah. the story yeah. is told through somebody who is one degree away from the situation. Cool. Right? Yes. So they were like, at any given time, you probably, maybe a guy down the block you always thought was a little creepy and then comes to find out, like, he was a serial killer. You're like, nah, I always thought something was up with him. Like, <laughs> it seemed a little off. Yeah. So here's where it gets really good, especially for you. Okay. I'm going to talk to you about murder <laughs> and reality TV. Shut it down. This is such a good day. Right? I'm winning. So this is the story of Ryan Jenkins, and the episode is called Megan Wants a Millionaire. Mm-hmm. Have you ever watched a VH1 television show called Rock of Love? Yes, I fucking have. And do you remember on the show there was two, I would say almost like the original Wow and Snooki. There was this tall blonde, Megan Hauserman, and her little blonde friend, Brandy C. Now, okay. they didn't win. It's been a long time. Yeah, they didn't win. But um, when on the show, they asked Megan, like, why do you want to marry Brett Michaels? And she's like, Megan wants to marry a millionaire. And when uh, she didn't win, she got her own spinoff show. Okay. Which just, so you wait, by the way, for anyone that's not obsessive like I am, <laughs> Rock of Love was a television show on VH1 where all these women um, competed to date Brett Michaels, Michaels the lead singer of Poison. Yep. So, Megan has her own show starting up. And they are looking for people who are millionaires to date Megan. Okay. And this alleged millionaire, Ryan Jenkins from Canada, fits the bill. They go through the whole show. They do the whole filming. Megan is in love with Ryan. 
But VH1 loves Ryan, and Ryan is great television. Okay. Sorry, Megan, you have to pick this other guy. We <gasps> want to keep Ryan for other television shows. Okay. So he wow. comes in second That's... place. Dang. He goes on to do another show during, before the Megan Wants to Marry Millionaire show comes out called I Love Money. Okay. Remember that one? I mean, I these don't. are from like the mid 2000s. Yeah. So it's really kind of hard, those odd years. But so. He goes on, he doesn't win with Megan's show, but wins I Love Money. Okay. And so he's doing really well. He and Megan are still talking all the time, kind of canoodling. Even though she's with the other guy? She Eh, she she couldn't, but Bachelor style, she couldn't ever hang out with him. Right. Because they couldn't be seen in public because her show hadn't aired yet. Right. So she would sneak around with Ryan a lot. And was, so Brandy is the guest on the show, explaining everything, you know, about being on the show with Megan, like as her confidant and how she knew Megan was still in love with Ryan and sneaking around with him. Okay. So Megan Wants a Millionaire airs, we're talking like three episodes. And by episode three, Ryan in California and L.A. calls the police for his wife who has been missing. And everyone's like, you have a wife? You've been sleeping with Megan. The show isn't airing yet. When did you find time to go get married? Have you always been married? Uh-huh. He had it. It turned out he had met Jasmine Fiore, like a really tiny, like, smoke show hot blonde <laughs> who did a lot of, like, playboy modeling, but, like, with sure. her clothes, bikini Hi. modeling, all of that kind of stuff. They meet, and within, like, weeks, wed in Vegas. So, and he doesn't tell Megan this, Doesn't tell Megan any of this. Okay. Absolutely not. Mayor. Oh, fuck boy. I know, right? So, the times that they, you know, the few weeks or maybe two months that they were married... Her family comes out and says, it was tumultuous. We kept trying to tell her, file for an annulment. Like, don't be with him. Are we sure he's a millionaire? Like, what are you doing? Like, you have a great life ahead of you. They go to, like, a poker tournament or something, and he calls the police and says, just got back from this event with my wife. She went to go run a few errands, and it's been a few hours, and I haven't seen her. Oh, by the way, she's blonde, tiny. Um, She has, like, long blonde hair, a fresh manicure, and her teeth are perfect. And they're like, mm. cool, like, way to define your missing wife. Within, like, a day, a restaurant in town finds a suitcase in their dumpster. <gasps> and I think I've been this whole time, like, I think I kind of know yes. the story. You but do. I don't know these details. Yeah. Okay, so they going. think it's a child because it's such a small body in yes. a suitcase. Yes. Unzip it, realize it's a woman, corner comes in, and can't identify her. She's missing all of her teeth and her fingers have been cut off. Yes. And so it just becomes not a local thing or, you know, it becomes national. And sometimes a little international, they said that this, you know, got I remember so hearing about crazy, this. especially because this guy's on TV at the moment. And right. as soon as this happens, VH1 pulls. Megan wants to be a millionaire. You can't air this show. Or I Love Money. Right. They never got to air any of that stuff. Whole big thing, because I do want people to go check out this podcast because it's so excellent. Them cutting in their interview with Brandy and then... The way the three hosts seamlessly tell this story. Oh, cool. So long story short, he knows he's getting caught. Like, he killed his wife. Sure. And they talk a lot about how, like, you can still identify people without their teeth and their fingers. And that's just the true mark of someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Because, in fact, they identified mm-hmm. her body based on the barcode on her breast implants. Ah, well, or like the serial number. They could have grabbed like DNA out of their hotel room. Yeah, you know, exactly. Exactly. They would have gotten her. So he's Canadian, flees to like Washington, drops off his car, hops in a boat, boats up to Canada, meets up with his like half sister. She gets him a hotel room in Canada for three days, where he like camps 
out. Uh-huh. Your dog, your dog. Your cat is going crazy in the other room when I'm trying to, like, tell a murder story. My uh, cat is in trouble. She's so in trouble. Anyway, he hides in this hotel for three days. And on day four, he hasn't come out yet. Yeah. And so yeah. housekeeping knocks on the door. And he has hanged himself. Yes. And so it was sorry, just, I like, I know. Excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but, I mean, it was just such, like, as I was listening to it, I do remember this. I totally know this. And so, you know, they're talking to Brandy, like, you knew him. She's like, yo, yeah, but, like, you know, on the show, we were like, are you manipulating me? You seem too good to be true. And she was like, we just knew something was up. She was like, but Megan, you know, being tied to him, completely lost, like, a career, you know, a reality TV star life, all gone. And a relationship. Did she still think she was kind of with him? Yeah, or? she had no idea that he'd been married. So oh she was God. completely blindsided. VH1 had to, like, redo everything. And I think around that time, like, a lot of reality shows on VH1 really kind of started to drop off a little bit. Right. Which one used to have all the big stuff, like, yeah. um, you know, Surreal Life and The Brady mm-hmm. Show and, um, oh, Flavor Flav yeah, Show. Yeah, Flavor Flav. And that's what yeah. kicked off Rock of Love. Right. Um, right. So anyway, first degree, it's so good. I cannot wait because, like, their tagline is, like, you could be a guest on our show. You know what I mean? Like, like being I close to a murderer like that. I can't wait to wrap up this podcast and listen to that. <laughs> it was really good. Like I'm I so said, excited. Just, you know, Jack knowing what she's doing in podcasts. And she's obsessed with murder podcasts. She's mm-hmm. always talking about on The Lady Gang. And then the other two, this is what they do for a living. It's so great to hear from them as well. That's awesome. Yes. Great find. So happy you told me about that. You're welcome. Okay, so I, I've got one more pop-up. Yeah. And it's a... Podcast, just kind of like FYI, maybe. Okay. Um, so I found myself doing something that I haven't done in a long time. I listened to um, this, t- the TV show from CNN, State of the Union, which airs on Sunday mornings with Jake Tapper as the host. And look, I, I, have, I have such a girl crush <laughs> on Jake Tapper. Oh. Uh, he's the sexiest. He's so charming he just is and we're one degree away with him from him that's right we know we, we know, know somebody that grew up next to him huh. one degree one degree um but we'll look here i guess i should say i really am uh, i'm kind of a, a follower of politics and what's going yeah. on i used to have a very dedicated sunday morning routine of the political shows that I would watch, and I watched them in a certain order, mm-hmm. and I just had, like, this is my Amy alone time to catch up on all of that. I used to have, a, I used to listen to a lot of CNN throughout the yeah. day. I used to come home after work and immediately turn on CNN and then kind of have to, like, okay, get out of the cloud yeah. and go do something else. I really will say that in the last few months, I think I hit a wall. Yeah. I haven't been doing any of that. I yeah. barely watch any of it anymore. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. And I knew a long time ago that almost all of the television news networks mm-hmm. put out their shows as podcasts that you can listen to yeah. um, later on. If you don't catch the show on TV, you know, not all of us DVR CNN all day. <laughs> we used to. You know, but if you want to catch your favorite show, like yeah. Jake also hosts the lead at 4 o'clock on weekdays. Uh-huh. And he's got State of the Union on Sundays. So I was getting ready for work yesterday morning, and by the way, here's another thing. I just deleted the iHeartRadio app. Same. How good did you feel? Felt great, because the app got an update, and it was starting to just spaz out on my phone. So typically in the morning, my routine while I'm getting ready is I listen to a local news show on my phone that I stream through the iHeart app. Well, this Monday morning, I was my first day back at work after my vacation, and I didn't have that app to listen to because I got mad at it, and I went, you know, I miss Jake. And I missed State of the Union yesterday. I'm going to pull the podcast. And I got all the information that I wanted. And then I was like, I've got to 
I've got to make sure that the rewinders know that this is an option. Um, actually, a lot of television shows will put out mm-hmm. their episodes as podcasts later. But And I want to make sure that people know that it's not just CNN. You know, I know CNN is looked at as a biased network. Yeah. But Fox News does it. Yep. MSNBC does it. Um, I think... Bravo does it. Well, Bravo does it. Yeah. Um, NPR, which I know is not a television show, but almost all of their episodes you can Mm -hmm. find as a podcast later. I've listened to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me a lot of times as a podcast. So I know I'm kind of dancing all over. Like, I really was happy to re-listen to State of the Union. And if you don't, if you're listening to something or if you're watching something, I should say, for an informational purpose, not because you need to see the pictures Uh and all of that, they do a really good job in news shows of saying, okay, here is the guest naming whomever it is and it's you don't really have to look at the television to see no. what's going on yeah. it's all about the interview and what you hear from what you are listening to so I just want to point that out for anyone that maybe doesn't know and doesn't have time to watch the television to get their news but maybe on your drive time maybe on your morning run or while you're getting ready in the morning if you want to catch us up, up on some news um, go download yeah. those episodes to your phone and then you can get them replenished every day. Like uh-huh. I have mine on my Stitcher app and every single day it um, undownloads the day before us and re-downloads the current day so I always get the freshest news. That's good. Yeah. Very nice. All right. All right. Well, do you want to take a quick break and then come back and dive into two more podcasts? Let's do that. All right. Hey guys, we want to take a quick second and shout out to our Patreon subscribers. That's right. Let's start with our intro rewinder, Sandy Randolph. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> exactly. We also have a professional rewinder, and that is April Valdez. Shout out to April and her crew at Salon Bon Tempo. You can find them on Instagram at Salon Bon Tempo. And if you live in Orlando, be sure to check out April. She's an amazing hairstylist. What they're doing over there is awesome. So thanks, ladies, for listening. We love April and Salon Bon Tempo, and we would love to shout out you next week. So come on over to Patreon.com for as little as a dollar an episode. So cheap. So cheap. What's a dollar? You can join us. You can be a rewinder, and you will have exclusive access to our bonus episodes. So over to Patreon.com slash Podcast Rewind and rewind with us. Awesome. All right. Let's get back into the episode. Do the damn thing. <laughs> okay, so I hope you guys enjoyed that little uh, blurpy there. I, when we were sound checking before the show, whispered that into the mic so eerily, and <laughs> we thought it was so funny we had to keep it. So hope you guys aren't spooked and that you loved that. <laughs> this is a small call out to Becca from The Bachelorette. That was her tagline. <laughs> Let's do the damn thing. I just whispered it to myself as Erica tried to start the podcast, and look, we think it's comedy it was gold. Epic. It so was comedy gold. You're welcome. Anyway, welcome back to Podcast Rewind, Erica. So speaking of gold, I found a great podcast today. Okay, that was just like one of those things that within two minutes, I was like, no, no, this is my show. This is it. This is it. I found it. I found it. Um, so this is called All Songs Considered by NPR. Oh, this is so for you. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like a play on their other show, All Things Considered. Uh huh. So, I read their bio, and I was just like, I love this so much. The hosts slash nerds slash, I think, my soulmates, <laughs> Bob Boylan and Robin Hilton, are your friendly music buddies with this week's best new music, discoveries including conversations with emerging artists, icons, and more. Hear songs that can completely change your day with humor, heart, and sometimes a whole lot of noise. Directions for use, morning commute, the gym, or alone time. If rash persists, discontinue use. <laughs> clever. <laughs> so clever. So, um... All about music. Music is huge in my life and in my family. And so I have to say before this gets started, my family and I 
are, or my dad and I are total creeps with each other because (laughs) (laughs) we both agree that Cats in the Cradle is one of, like, the worst songs to listen to because it's so sad. Mm -hmm. All about this dad whose son wants him to be around and dad's like, oh, I'll get to you later. And then when the dad's ready, the son is like, nah, I'm a peace out dad. So we call it getting cradled. So like anytime you hear cats in the cradle, like we'll try to text each other, snap a photo, or my personal favorite is to call him, not say anything, and then blast <laughs> the song. And when I'm done, he is just like bold overlapping. Like we are so fucking weird. Weirdos. Anyway, this is going to play into my story. Okay. Episode, it's an encore episode from August 14th called Hallelujah, the songs we should retire. And they have on guest Stephen Thompson, who I think is part of the NPR music department. Okay. So it's all about songs that we should retire, whether they are terrible, and why are we still playing them, <laughs> to things that um, kind of akin to, like when an athlete retires, you retire their number. Sure. Nobody hanging up in the stands. Hanging up in the stands. Everybody knows who number 45 is. Michael Jordan from the Bulls. <laughs> Amy's nodding like, yeah, yeah I got that. Yeah. Um, sports ball. Sports ball. So, um, but nobody else can be number 45 because he did it so perfectly. Right. So that's kind of what they're talking about. There's like three different ways they're referencing retirement. One is like retire it. Cannot hear that song one more fucking minute. Mm-hmm. Two is like retire the song. No one else is allowed to sing it. We only hear it from that person for the rest of our life. Fine. Nobody else gets a crack at it. And then another one is like, let's retire it, but like chronologic or cryo freeze it. Okay. Speaking of that earlier. Yes. <laughs> so like, this song is great. We're all done with it. But you know what? Kids who are five are probably going to like it in 20 years. And we'll give it a resurgence in 20 years. You put it in the vault. Put it in the Disney vault. would say. Song number one. <laughs> Cats in Cats the cradle. Cradle and the silver spoon. I hear it. I immediately stop what I'm doing. Screenshot it. Send it to my dad. I was like, if you do nothing today. <laughs> You have to listen to this podcast. And he laughs. He's like, okay. Two minutes later, he's like, ah, how did you cradle me? Like, that quickly. Here's where it gets a little bit better. Today's my brother's birthday. And so my dad was like, you cradled me on my son's birthday. (laughs) He's like, that is the cradle among cradling. It was so good. But so anyway, as they went on to say, Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. Nope. We're done. So much dad guilt. And, like, if I hear that song again, it's going to just be too soon. Like, if I never hear it again, it'll be too soon. Can so, I embarrass myself real quick? Absolutely. I would have thought, I really believed that Cat in the Cradle was by Cat, Cat Stevens. It is not. Really? Yep. So he does a cover of it? He's never done it. Fuck, what? <laughs> Why do I think it's by Cat Stevens? Because his name is Cat Stevens and the song is called Cats in the Cradle. Are you fucking kidding me? Is that why? Uh Uh-huh. Is that another thing the public kind of believes and we're all wrong? Correct. Harry who? Chapin. Shut the fuck up. No. (laughs) You can Google it right now if you want. No, I put my phone away during the podcast. (laughs) I have mine out for references. But anyway, so Cats in the Cradle, and I just immediately was like, this is my fucking podcast. (laughs) Like, I love these guys. So I'm going to go through a bunch of the songs that they want to retire. Okay. And reasons why. And get your thoughts. Yes. So, Hallelujah. So, which version? <laughs> that's what they were going into. <laughs> so, Leonard Cohen did this song, like, back in the 80s. And if you listen to it, it is tragically synthesized and strange and frightening, almost. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people have done versions. Jeff Buckley's being the most familiar. Uh, Rufus Wainwright did it for Shrek. Yeah. Katie Lang has done it. And it's just, it's a beautiful song. It's haunting. It's stunning. Even Leonard Cohen said, nobody did that song better than Jeff Buckley. And I wrote the song. <laughs> like, that's where we should stop. 
Like, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and say the best version I ever heard was Kate McKinnon as Hillary Clinton. They talked about that. After the election, they did? Okay. They totally talked about that. But they said... On SNL. On right. SNL. But they talk about how using this song is, like, in TVs and movies, like, something sad's about to happen. They're playing Hallelujah. Sure. So we're starting to lose the song being so beautiful, and it took a trope. Let's pull out Hallelujah. And then they were like... When Kate McKinnon did it on SNL, it was a nice nail in that song's coffin. We get it. Yeah. You're sad. Yeah, and now it's like a sad and joke, and it's yeah. iconic in a weird way. Yep. Wait, yep. Okay, I agree. Put it to It's bed. a meaningful song. We overused it. Mm-hmm. Now is it meaningful anymore. Okay. So I think we need to retire it. I agree. So another one that I, out loud in my car, went, no! <laughs> okay. Somewhere Over the Rainbow. But by Ooh. Izzy. Uh, the Hawaiian version, which, by the way, you just said... The, Ah, uh, <laughs> so it is. I think, and they all agree, the best version of yeah. "Somewhere Over the Rainbow." Mm-hmm. I remember hearing that song on an eToys.com commercial, like in high school. It was like, "What cover is this?" And searched and scoured Napster and LimeWire and couldn't find it anywhere. And then one day found it, and it is just so beautiful. Also, a little overplayed, but they agree this should be retired in the sense that. No one ever gets to sing this song again. He made it something so different. But we get to keep Wizard of Oz. And, like, high schools can still do Wizard of Oz and they can... Well, when it's in that Dorothy sense, they yes. can sing over the rainbow. In that so. sense, yes. But, like, okay. in regards to the pop, pop culture, music, on the radio, things like that. Okay. And they also said it's completely overplayed. Like, this is the best version of the song. So should we just stop doing different versions and putting it out on the radio and trying again? Sure. We should stop. Izzy fucking crushed Nailed it. it. So when they started to play a little bit of the song, I didn't know why they wanted to retire it. And that's why I was like, no, it's so good. <laughs> but if you're wearing a white blouse and a blue checked overall dress before you get ruby red shoes on, you yeah, can sing you it. check your theater at the door for this convo. <laughs> Snap. <laughs> yes, of course it can still be played in that performance. Always. Okay. Um, another one that is a little controversial is Imagine by John Lennon. Okay. It is... Phenomenal. No one should ever sing the song but him because it just came from his heart. No one will ever do it correctly. But then why the fuck do I see it in commercials all the time? And his version. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you took this beautiful song and now it's for Sound benefit concerts and for a car and all of these things. Fun and fact, it was my senior song. <laughs> was it really? Big Rapids High School 2002. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, so they were just like, ah, I think we need to be done with it. Because the guys were even like, I still get chills. I think about the very first time I heard it and, like, all of that. But I don't need to see it to sell a Honda. Right. And I agree. Okay, take it out of commercials. Exactly. Okay. So then they came up with a new category halfway through. These are songs that you want to throw into a fire, incinerate, (laughs) pull the ashes out, put it in a rocket, burn that rocket, keep those ashes, feed it to a very angry animal, take that animal and send it to the sun. (laughs) So no more. No more. Okay. I think you'll agree. Mm-hmm. Happy. Bye, Pharrell. <laughs> this song makes me not happy. No. Not happy. So angry. <laughs> so angry. When the guys were like, this is so fucking overplayed. Like, the first time you heard it, like, oh, yeah, clap along. Then the second time, like, I don't think I want to clap. Third time, you're like, this song plays anger. one more time. Anger. Anger. So much anger. And they were like, you know, it had this huge... Present and then it kind of died away and then he redid it at the Oscars <laughs> and they were like, no, you're gonna ruin your head. Don't do it. Don't do it. But then they said, you know, 
It was on everywhere on multiple stations at the same time that it felt like no other song existed. Absolutely. And how it just was like, we never need to hear it again. And, it, you know, we've reached our peak and the song has completely lost its power. Sure. And that's the problem with overplaying what could be a great song. Mm-hmm. So then they also talked and they were like, we're all through this, by the way, they're playing the songs, <laughs> which is so great. So they were like, we're not going to play this song because no, but Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. Oh, yeah. I can't. I can't with that song anymore. It's a great song. Yes. But I am so fucking sick of it. I actually don't believe incinerate that forever. Put that in a vault for 10 years and then you can hear it again. Yeah. And that's kind of what they were saying with this one a little bit, but they were just so like, this wasn't the best song in his album. I think Castle on the Hill, much better song. Mm -hmm. This is the most streamed song in the history of Spotify. 1.5 billion streams and as one guy said he goes those are voluntary streams <laughs> like nobody forced that song on you you guys went in and hit play on shape of Please you more shape what of is you. wrong with you just listen to the radio for five minutes five you'll fucking minutes. hear it so then another one mm-hmm. that my dad was just texting me about don mcclain's american pie like yeah we all had road trips or in the car, belting it out, singing along with the song. It's an amazing song. It's an important song. It talks about such a pivotal time in music, history, and everything that goes with it. But if we hear it one more time. That song's fucking long, It's too. long. And Madonna tried to redo it. And that's when we should have put the kibosh right, on all of that. But can we keep that scene in the office where Michael and Dwight <laughs> sing it on the back of the car? That's can we keep that? that? It was so Oh, iconic. Bye, bye. I'm singing too much on this podcast. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so another one that they mentioned that they were just like, ugh, like the song was everywhere, but I'm done with it. Paradise by the Dashboard Light from Meatloaf. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And here's another one I'm having a really hard time with because like I understand the annoyance, but I fucking love Freebird. By Leonard Skinner. <laughs> we have to stop it at the concert. And that's exactly what they said. We the have s- to stop the bullshit of Free Bird. Look, I don't actually hear the song that often in my yeah. life. But if one more fucker at, you know, a concert that is not Leonard Skinner and screams out Free Bird, I yeah. think we all get to stone him. I think we absolutely do. And that's what I said. It's not a bad song. Screaming at a concert is bad. Obnoxious. And that, unfortunately, the song has become a parody of itself because of acts like this. And it's like sort of become a cliche of that, like, goodbye, because Will Ferrell performed it on Conan O'Brien's very last night of The Tonight Show mm-hmm. and came out and sang it in a terrible way. And it's like, <laughs> you didn't do the song justice. Does this song just not matter anymore? Because it's such a good song. Right. It's not one of their best songs. Yeah, so I don't even know where that frenzy for Freebird started. I... Uh, don't know. I've been to Freebird. It's a concert hall in Jacksonville because they're <laughs> from that area. Right. So I've been to Freebird. Um, here's where they also kind of flipped. They went over to classical songs that have to go, okay. which I thought was really brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Minute Waltz, Beethoven's second, dun, 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 dun. and then Pachelbel's Canon. Everybody's walking down the aisle, the Pachelbel's Canon. It's beautiful. I loved playing it on the piano when I was Same. Young. Same. They had another one. Um, that they were, like, singing along with. And I was like, I guess I know that song. Like, I don't know what it was. I thought it was, like, Flight of the Bumblebees, but I think I was wrong. (laughs) But they were just like, you know, some of these classical songs are used a lot in movies that, like, just, all right, what else is out there? Right. Um, Then they went into Bachman-Turner Overdrive, Taking Care of Business. (laughs) Come on, no, that one's a good time. They were like, listen, it has the makings of a great song. But when Office Depot comes out with it (laughs) for back-to-school shopping... Taking care of business, the song 
is done. Okay, fair enough. Right? Fair, fair enough. But, like, on the radio by yourself, that's a good time. That's not, that's not too bad. Um, Stairway to Heaven, Led Zeppelin, this also hurt my heart. Um, but they agree that maybe we can freeze it. Yes, and, vault it. Yeah, vault it. vault it for the future because they're intern. They were like, hey, come here, come here. And they were like, we're going to change your life. And they threw headphones on him. And he's like, um, I think I've heard this song, like, once or twice. And they're like, the fuck is wrong with you? You've heard this song once or twice. It was once listed as one of the greatest rock songs of all he, time. He's not listening then because it's been playing in the background <laughs> at grocery stores his whole life. Right? He wouldn't know. Um, but so they're going to freeze that one for the future. And another one that has been completely destroyed and ruined by the sports industry. Mm-hmm. We are the champions. Queen. Okay. Yep. Yep. And so it was hilarious to see them go through this. They felt, though, that Bohemian Rhapsody could stay even though it's overplayed, but mainly because of the um, Wayne's World Wayne's World scene, it just it's, that's also crazy yeah, iconic. Yeah, you can and never lose that scene. It's so fun and funny. The guys in the back seat are so amazing. Like it's just a really great performance, if you will. So then I started to think, what are my songs that I need to retire? Uh huh. So my version of Happy by Pharrell that could burn a million I deaths know on the side. What do you think I'm going to say? Justin Timberlake. <laughs> can't stop uh, the feeling? Can't stop the feeling? I can. You I fucking can't hate stop that, that feeling. You know what's hilarious? Both of those songs were for, like, kids' movies. Oh, yeah. Happy trolls was for and... the Despicables, and uh-huh. uh, Can't Stop the Feeling was for Trolls. And they were overplayed to fucking They are so terrible. Um, I also think this is a great song, but it got completely ruined by Glee. Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Yeah, it's because that was in the first episode, wasn't yes. it? And, and it then did, it's it everywhere. Destroyed. It's at weddings. It's at bar mitzvahs, both bar and bot. I mean, like, right. it's everywhere. It's a great song, and but I it know, just got ruined. It's funny that Glee blew it up like that because we used to belt that song at the piano bar in college. Because literally all of us, yeah, our, are, you know, all of us Michigan girls are in the bar and the piano bar going, "Just a small town girl." <laughs> You're going to really hate listening to this back. I'm very thrilled for you. I'm so embarrassed already with myself. Um, so it made, I did get upset when that one blew up yeah. like that because I was like, it's like a secret song, but a mm-hmm. classic song that I always loved. Yeah. And then when it was everywhere and Glee blew it out, I was mm-hmm. like, leave it alone, you guys. Yeah. Another one that I thought that I really don't like and could maybe go sit on the sun, walking on sunshine <laughs> or any of those genre kind of songs I'm just not into. They're everywhere. Like I said, they're at weddings. Yeah. Could be totally done with them. Do you have any songs that you would get rid of? Um, I, I think I can think of songs from like back in the day, like for a while there, my heart will go on needed to uh-huh. completely stop it. Yeah. Needed to go into a freezer for 10 years. Yes. And I feel like it kind of did. I feel like I we collectively so agreed. I think that um, communal dance songs like the Cupid Shuffle and the oh, Macarena yeah. need to stop and uh-huh. be incinerated, yep. you know, flown out into space and done with mm-hmm. for sure. Totally. I hate them yeah. with all passion. Yeah. Um, I think right now... I don't listen to the radio enough Same. anymore. Same, I listen to Spotify to and my own stuff. But yeah, I would say some of those things from my past is just like every time I hear it now, I kind of get like a crick in my neck uh-huh. and get annoyed by oh, it. Oh, really? Like I can feel songs. it in my spine. Mm-hmm. Well, there is one thing I do want to do before we end, and this is solely for my father. <laughs> Rick, you got cradled, son. <laughs> I know he's in his car at work crying and laughing. I love you, Dad, and I would never want to cradle with anybody else. 
That's kind of weird. No, this. Don't be weird, baby. <laughs> Don't it's my be dad. Weird. Don't be weird. But anyway, guys, this was an amazing podcast. All songs considered by NPR. I am in. Sounded like fun. Yes. Amy, what I, you got? I, you guys, it's been a while since I did a low-down, dirty, true crime murder. Done with dirty. To tell you about. Um, okay, podcast that I've actually listened to for a really long time, and I can't believe I haven't covered yet on the show, is a show called True Crime Garage. And Are you going to talk about it? You know, I think I may have mentioned it as one of my favorite shows, but I don't think I've ever covered one of their episodes as a recap. You know what? Listen, Podnesia. We Podnesia. talk about podcasts all the time with one another. It's 40th episode, man. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I've done this. We anyway, let me remind you if I've done it already. The hosts are Nick and the Captain. Uh-huh. And I totally dig them because they're real-life dude friends. They played in a band together in college. Love. They've just been, like, dudes. They know each other's wives and families. They've been friends. They're probably in their 40s now, I would mm-hmm. guess. And they literally did just sit in Nick's garage, open up beers, and talk about, like, oh, did you hear this shit on the radio? Nice. Or, you know, like, did you watch this 48 hours and talk to crime? And one day decided, like we did, let's put mics in front of our face and see if we can make a show after sure. this. So they do, they drink on every episode. They have a drink of the week like we do. And they're cute about it because they get their patron sponsors to, like, they say it like sponsor the bar. Oh, fun. you know, so like the money they get off Patreon, they um, buy their beer with, and they're like, "Thanks to you guys, you know, nice. the bar is stacked." Um, I mean, you guys can buy us beer; it's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I listen to them pretty frequently, not every single week, but I was scrolling through like what I wanted to listen to, and the the name of this episode caught me. The number is episode two hundred and twenty eight. And it's always titled by, like, either the killer or the person who died. Uh-huh. And so the title was Kelly Cochran. And I stopped because I work with a girl named Kelly Cochran. Yeah. And it's spelled this exact same way. Is your Kelly still with us? She's, yeah, she's okay. okay. She's, 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 she's all right. Did you go but, peek in her cube like, her? <laughs> my girl. <laughs> but I was like, mer? So I started listening to the episode. And they're like, this takes place in Iron City, Michigan. And I was born... Just a few minutes south of Iron City in Iron Mountain. That's right. Yes. So Iron City is actually a county in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Funny enough, Iron Mountain is just outside. I had to look at a map today, so I know. (laughs) Iron Mountain is the town that I was born in. It's just really on the outside of the county line. So I was like, holy shit, Kelly's up in the UP killing people. What a heck it was. So I listened to the episode, and (laughs) this bitch is crazy. Yeah? Yes, she sure is. So let's start with the story at the top. A man named Chris Regan, he's a father of two sons. This is um, October 2014. His on-and-off girlfriend named Terry O'Donnell reports him missing. Mm -hmm. So this is a girlfriend he's been on-and-off with since, like, the 80s. And they've always stayed in touch. Sometimes they work together. Sometimes they're apart, but they're just so integral in each other's lives that um, she noticed that he hadn't been around in a couple of days. And his sons had said, we haven't heard from him in two weeks. She's like, this is odd. Then she spots his car at a uh, ride and park place oh. in town. It's a small town, of yeah. course. So she calls the police. Like, this is not right. The police come to investigate. They go to his car. They find his knee brace, which they know he cannot be without. And they find a sticky note with an address on it. So the next thing they do is check with his work. And they say, yeah, he hasn't shown up in two weeks. And they start talking to his coworkers. And, you know, is there anything strange about Chris lately? Anything yeah. you can give us? And they're like, well, the only thing we can think of is he's definitely having an affair with our other co-worker, <gasps> Kelly Cochran. Salute. So they look up Kelly Cochran, 
and her address <gasps> matches the sticky note what? address. Mm-hmm. So shit's going down. So they go over to Kelly's house. Kelly. Yelling timber. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly is married. Oh, salute time to her face <laughs> to her husband, Jason Cochran. So they're like, oh, Chris is missing. Kelly and Jason are married. Kelly was having an affair. We got to talk to the Cochrans. Yeah. So they take them on down to the station. They put them in separate rooms, and the Cochrans both tell the exact same story. Uh-huh. Kelly admits, I was having an affair with Jason. Or, I'm sorry, with Chris. Yeah. So my husband, Jason, though, knows about it. He's not happy, but look, he's so much in love with me. I mean the absolute world to him. He's unhappy that I'm having this affair, but he's going to stay with me. And furthermore, he would never hurt Chris because he knows that I care about Chris and that it would hurt me Uh if something were to ever happen to him. And Jason tells basically the same story in his investigation room. He says, look, really not happy that my wife is having an affair, but she's done it before. And I just love her. She's my world. I put up with it. And it's, you know, bumtastic for me, but... (laughs) This this is my life. So she claims that the last time she saw Chris was a few days prior to when he went missing and that she was at his house the last time she saw him. So the police are starting to look at them. Fast forward to March of 2015. They don't have any hard evidence. They don't have a body. So in March of 2015, they go back to the Cochran's home and they do a search. They find no evidence of Chris, but the Cochran's... The next day, fucking flee. Of course they do. They got spooked, and they moved down to Indiana. Oh. They left everything in the house. Food in the fridge, all the furniture. Oh, they picked up and skedaddled out of town. <laughs> so, As you do when you're a murderer. Right. So this is March of 15. So almost six months after Chris has gone missing oh, that wow. they get this spooked and they take off. And at this point, the Chris Regan case goes cold. Fast forward to February of 2016 in this Indiana town, a 911 call comes in from a hysterical Kelly saying there's something going wrong with her husband. He's vomiting. He's on the floor. I don't know what's wrong with him. The EMTs show up and they are unable to revive him. So he has died in the house. And she said, I don't know what happened, but she's being very disruptive. She doesn't really want them to touch him too much. She's very just kind of, she won't leave the room when she's asked to. And it is determined that he had a a heroin overdose, and that was his cause of death. She goes on this whole, you know, this is 2016. She gets on her Facebook. I'm so distraught. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. I'm so upset. And no, everyone is kind of believing that, okay, sure, maybe he was on heroin. He had back problems, got on opioids, went on to heroin maybe, and overdose. This is a sad situation. Meanwhile, an anonymous tipster calls the FBI and is like, hey, did y'all know down there in Indiana that this couple, the husband just died, that they are in a, they're basically suspects in an open murder investigation? (gasps) And the FBI was like, I'm sorry, what now? Um, Excuse me? So now knowing this, they order a full autopsy on Jason's body. And the cause of death is changed from heroin overdose to asphyxiation. A homicide by strangulation with high levels of heroin in the system. Also. Oh, to throw off the trace, basically. Right. Exactly. So now they're looking at the husband Jason's murder as a, as a murder. Yeah. So now she got a dead uh, lover <laughs> and a dead husband, and they're all like, 
Kelly, got anything to tell no. us? She's like, Kelly, no. did you do anything this week? No. Nobody, nope, nope, no. It's sad for me, right? <laughs> and But the FBI knows better. They know that they've got to catch her. And they do some fucking brilliant police work. Really? I am so in love with this little plan they hatched next. So the tipster, who I think is going to become this friend, they get a hold of this friend, a very good friend of Jason's for many years, who knows Kelly well. His name is Walt Hammerman. And they ask him to get involved in this plot. And so they get Walt to call Kelly and say, hey, just so you know, he's up in Michigan, yeah. by the way. Um, just so you know, Jason left me with a letter and said if anything were to ever happen to him that I needed to mail this letter to the Iron City Police Department. So I sent it off. And Kelly was like, uh-huh. <gasps> you did? Did, did, you, did you read it first? What did it say? <laughs> And he goes, no, I never opened it. I'm a good friend. I'm a good friend. And Jason said, if anything ever happened, I don't need to read it. Just sent it. And I did. She said, oh. <laughs> so you didn't read it at all, though? You didn't, you didn't like, open up and give a little read? <laughs> you don't know what it says? And he's like, nope. Yeah. So Kelly's story starts changing here. And she calls the detectives up in Michigan. Hi. Mm-hmm. So did you get a letter? And they're kind of evasive about it. They won't tell anything. But she comes with a brand new story now. She tells the the detectives up in Michigan, hey, you know, there was something I did never tell you before. Actually, I was very afraid of Jason because actually what happened was Chris was at my house and we were having sex and Jason came home and caught us and shot Chris right in front of me. And I was just too scared to ever say anything. And they were like, (laughs) Okay. And she was like, and he forced me to help him cut up the body, (gasps) put it in trash bags, and hide it in the woods. Which you know it definitely means his body's cut up in the woods somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're getting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the police are like, well, you ate it in a bed. So, like, we're fixing to arrest you. So, like she did before, bitch takes off. Skedaddled. Skedaddled. Didn't turn her cell phone off. Left it on. And they just followed the pinging towers. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Idiot. And they picked her up in Kentucky a couple weeks later. So this is all only nine weeks after her husband, Jason, has died. She's picked up in Kentucky. And she's um, taken back to, I believe, Michigan first to face the Chris Regan death. Uh-huh. So then her story starts just fucking changing as <laughs> fast as possible. So the next story is... Like they said on the podcast, Nick was like, this is the old throw everything at the wall and see what sticks routine. Oh, do you like that story? Okay, I'll go with that one. Oh, you don't like that? How about this over here? Yeah. And she's just changing stories constantly. So now she says this husband who loved her and would never, ever hurt her or her lover that he knew about. Remember that? Yeah. Now she says, no, actually, he beat me all the time. Uh He constantly held a gun to my head and he's pulled the trigger a few times. They're like, what? She's like, oh, it wasn't loaded. But then she also said another time that his guns were always loaded and he was pulling them on her. Basically, she said she was completely terrified of him. And so that's why she never said anything. She did say, though, that she was having this affair with Chris and Jason found out and was jealous. And in order to save their marriage, what actually happened was they hatched up. So this is a new story now rather than he killed her yeah. him over her. That they hatched a plan together that, in a weird way to save their marriage, they'll work together to kill Chris. And that would get rid of the problem in their marriage. So then she tells a new story that she actually lured him over to her house that night to have sex with him. And then Jason knew when to bound in and kill him. 
And I'm like, what? Did, was your husband really okay with you getting as far as the sex? Yeah, right? That just, that one stinks, right? That doesn't make sense. It smells like something. Right. So what happens next is she gets charged in Michigan um, with the, like, you know, aided murder and covering up a body and desecrating a body, da-da-da-da-da. Um, she pleads not guilty. Idiot. Her first plan, and this always goes well, is to defend herself. Oh, yeah. She, what? Like it's hard. <laughs> like it's hard? She gets overwhelmed a little immediately and asks for a public defender. Um, so she goes to trial for the murder of Chris Regan, and her she's going with the fear defense that, you know, all of the, all the gun yeah. stuff that they pulled. And the prosecution just completely unravels it with the basic question, oh, you were so scared of your husband that you carried on an affair outside the home? Uh-huh. You weren't afraid he'd be mad if he yeah. found out? Because I don't think a lot of abused women have these brazen, no. you know, uh, affairs with coworkers. It's no. typically not that you know you're gonna yeah. get it for that. So so that just didn't hold up at all. So now we're in May of 2017 and the jury convicted her in Michigan and she got life in prison for that. So now they still have the Indiana charge of her killing her husband Jason and she's like fuck it. I did it. I did it. I was mad at him for killing Chris and for us killing Chris. So I got mad and I killed him. I gave him all of that heroin. And then I just put my hands over his mouth and nose and waited. And so she's like, fine. But you know what? She just, just the, the lies. Yes. Jason killed nine other people before. Oh, yeah, did he? Uh-huh. Yeah, Jason killed nine other people. He's got trophies. There's more bodies out in the woods. She starts giving names. And the police are like, looky, looky, lady. Don't try with this trickery. We're going to get you on this. And if that's true, we can still charge you later for all those things. But right now, we're going to deal with what we know you definitely did. So, like I said, um, she's got many versions of her confession to killing her husband, Jason. But they're like, the gist basically is he gave all that heroin and made sure he couldn't breathe. Good enough. (laughs) Good enough. So she gets 65 years for that. So now she's got a life sentence and 65 years. And at this point, she's like, well, I'm never getting out of prison. And she is just making shit up. And she says that she has killed 21 people. She says that, you know, she and Jason killed some of them together. She killed some on her own. She's given names. And really, at this point, the police haven't done anything about it because there's no no real need to. She's put away. None of these things are really proven. Um, she is just a lying monster who yes. definitely is willing to kill people around her. That's insane. Soup's insane, right? So that's the story of Kelly Cochran, not the sweet girl that I work no, with. No, sure never. Kelly. Um, from right outside my birthplace up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. How crazy. Yep. There's that. There's your murder of the week. There's, we did two murders we this week. We did two murders. That's right. But I just want to remind everybody, True Crime Garage is the name of that show. And I, I think you'd really like it. It's not... Um, as lighthearted as my favorite murder. Yeah. But it's, you know, a lighthearted murder show, I guess. What can you do? What can you do? <laughs> if you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> um, but we are glad that you guys joined us this week for episode 40 of Podcast Rewind. We are back on a regular schedule. We'll see you next week. That's right. It's so good to be back. We can't wait to do it again. And until we do, do not forget. Be kind. And rewind. Bye. Bye-bye.